Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. And that is the full quote from the book Dune by Frank Herbert. And the only part of that I have remembered until researching it this morning is fear is the mind killer. Say that again clearer. Fear is the mind killer. And this topic today has been hard for me to get started because there's just so much to say. I have rewritten, I've had, uh, oh, I'm going to start like this. I'm going to say that in showering, trying to sleep, driving, all kinds of things. So I'm just going to jump in and tell you what today is all about and see where we go. I may have to pause. So you may see me here and then you may see me here. (laughs) And I hope that's okay. I'm not afraid. Are you? (laughs) Okay. So today's topic is about how fear can hold us back from success in this business and how going ahead, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, which is another of my favorite quotes, can grow us. One of the things I love, love, love about self-employment, being an entrepreneur, is how we can't help but grow. And not just grow in a business sense, but grow uh, inside. My family's um, habit of origin, I'll say, was fear. Fear of being broke, fear of getting hurt, a fear of being wrong, fear of making mistakes, fear of pain, um, on and on and on. And I will say that by being self-employed for the last 40 years, I have made peace with that fear of being broke most of the time. (laughs) And how it would show up for me a lot is in the business, every year when it got slow, I would think this is it. This is the day. This is the year. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to have to go get a real job. Or uh, when I would process what I was afraid of, which I have done in some different self-help classes and different things is, okay, so I'm afraid I'm not X, getting bookings or making a client happy or finishing something on time. And so as I process, okay, what is the real core fear in that? I would go from, you know, if this happens, then I'm going to be not earning income. I'm going to lose money. And if I lose money, eventually I'm going to go broke. And if I go broke, I'm going to lose my house. And when I lose my house, then 
I'm going to be, it was always, and I'm not sure if this is politically correct anymore, but end up a bag lady. <laughs> and then I was processing this in a conference once uh, with a one-on-one -on -one little breakout group. And the next question about, and I'm going to teach you this technique, but then after the fear of being a bag lady, then the next question is like, okay, and then what? And what I realized is I would handle it and I would find a shopping cart. I would find a community. I would find ways to make it happen where I'm okay, no matter what. So the first thing to do is to challenge what it is that comes up when we're wanting to do something that feels pretty uncomfortable. Um, so I'm going to take a breath here and just let it be okay that I'm kind of just blah, throwing this all out to you because there's just so much. Um, what I want the core of this one-way conversation, me to you, to be, and actually me to me in my own ears, is about how challenging our fears that keep us from doing things that could help our businesses is the path to success. I've found over and over and over again that people who, um, let's say, we're talking about possibly me being their business coach, and they end up, even though it all looks like the right decision, they don't pull the trigger because they're afraid. And we often talk about what they're afraid of. And um, I'm going to explore that a little bit more in a sec. But um, so I kind of want to focus around some of that. But I also want to give you tools to when fear comes up in any situation, you can either maybe have a friend and you do it with each other or do it with yourself. Journal. Um, Sometimes, by the way, a great way to journal is to use your right hand, this is my right, <laughs> and write down the question, and then use your left hand to answer it. Because what happens is, if you're right-handed, if you're left-handed, do it the opposite. When you're writing out your answer with your non-dominant hand, the answers get really simple and very real. So that's that's a little technique. I would say just go ahead and do it with your right hand or speak it out loud or speak it in a recording. Make a Zoom, make your own private Zoom and ask yourself these questions. So, okay, I'm still in a circling, but uh, hopefully you're hearing things that um, will connect the dots. Um, and see, that's my fear coming through, that everything I want to have um, coming through in this recording, you know, I may miss something. But I'm just going to trust that whatever you need to hear, you're going to hear. Whatever I need to communicate, a lot of you listen, so I, I trust that um, there'll be pieces of this that, that, grab you that makes sense to you. So, okay. <laughs> so a couple of books that made a big difference for me. And if you really 
want to have a huge breakthrough about fear in any capacity, not just business, is to read the book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And that's by Susan Jeffers. She um, just rocked my world in reading that book because I had like almost like a constant little voice in my head that was always kind of terrorizing me with fears. And the mantra that I took from this book is I'll handle it. So if I think, um, well, I'll, I'll use an example. I used to um, snow ski, snee snows, snow skiing for over 20 years. Uh, every year I would uh, go from sunny Southern California to somewhere for a week or two um, during snow season, maybe three, if you combine it, and ski. At the same time, <laughs> I spent as much energy trying not to fall as I did flying down the mountain having fun. And, um, you know, I am a cautious person physically. I did not grow up with um, in a family where we did athletic things. I did bike ride and um, uh, what's that thing you put on your feet? Roller skate. Um, but nothing else that could um, create pain or injury or, you know, the D word, gun it. No, I don't want to die. <laughs> so I always skied hand in hand with the fear of falling and hurting myself. And then I read that book and I distinctly remember uh, the moment on the slope when that mantra kicked in, where it's like, oh, what if I fall? I'll handle it. Uh, what if I get injured? I'll handle it. What if I get stuck up here and it takes me all day <laughs> to get down? I'll handle it. Another time I was on vacation and my then boyfriend and I were driving. I think we we might have been in Utah, but we were driving somewhere and we were low on gas and it was clear we were far, far from a gas station. And we both started to get really nervous. And then I'll handle it kicked in. And I said, you know what? If we run out of gas here at night, we'll handle it. A car will come by. We'll sleep in the car. You know, we'll hitchhike. Um, it was pre-cell phone. So it wasn't like, oh, I'll call AAA. But having that mantra to calm myself, whatever happens, I'll handle it has made a huge difference in my life. And that came from that book. So uh, that's one reason I love to read is because, you know, life can change, things can change just from the right book at the right time. Whew, running out of <laughs> breath. Okay, so a book I read recently is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F-U-C-K don't want to say it out loud, you know, just to be mindful of not throwing around a lot of profanity in this show. And I don't have any quotes from that, but that book had great tips for, you know, not caring about results. Like 
detaching. It basically was about detaching from the outcome of things and just letting life happen, making choices, taking risks. So something I just learned about recently is that we have a nerve that runs from the back of our head down our body to think about the solar plexus. So just above our belly. And that's where all the feelings happen. And I saw this chart that showed the body and there were pictures of here's what your body inside, you know, I think it was a heat scan, looks like when you're happy, when you're excited, when you're worried, when you're afraid, when you're making love, um, you know, when you're learning. And different parts of that vagus nerve, not like Las Vegas, but I think it's V-A-G-U-S. I could be wrong on that. Or vagal. Um, So feelings actually have these physical components and they're all different depending on what we're feeling. But where does the feeling come from? And this is the important thing. And this is like... Probably every book on on this topic or personal growth or courage or, or, well, anyway, lots of books talk about this, but it comes first from a thought. So if I think this podcast has to be perfect and say everything in the world about dealing with fear then I start having a feeling if I'm attached to that thought. Like I might have that thought and I'm not even aware I'm thinking it. But then I get that thought and then I get a feeling somewhere in my body. Now, if I'm on a fear track, it's going to happen for me right about here. And um, that part connects with my... um, I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> I've learned it's okay to be excellent and there's no such thing as perfection. And it's okay to be average and it's okay to make mistakes. It, it, those are challenging concepts for me, but but I'm working on that. So if I get that fear reaction in here because of my thoughts, then I can either act or not act because of that, or I can and have created the habit of challenging that feeling. So in the example of, oh, I need to, you know, have this podcast episode, all of them be perfect. I need to speak perfectly. If I post this as a video on Zoom, I'm sorry, on YouTube, oops, mistake. I need to edit out all the glitches and things. And I'm learning to be like, oh, okay. I'm going to share what comes to me. And I'm going to trust that it works. And even if it doesn't, who cares? You know, this is um, (laughs) one of my, okay, I'm babbling, but I think this is important to share. One of the sort of other mantras that has calmed me down over the years. And I think I created this during the wedding 
business era because everything seemed like the house was on fire. So if I got that fear coming up, that part would start in my stomach and kind of bubble up. Um, It's to say to myself, okay, it's not brain surgery. You know, no one's going to die from this. And it, it just was a, a habit. It's still a habit for me to calm myself if I'm feeling something that, um, you know, triggers that certain kind of emotional reaction. So uh, if you've listened to this show enough, you might have heard that in 2014, I had brain surgery. I had a benign tumor in my sinus and that it they couldn't get all of it in other things they tried. So eventually that, I had a wee bit of, but it really wasn't wee, a bit of brain surgery. And um, so when I first was talking to my wonderful doctor, who, by the way, uh, used to be a highly paid photographer and decided to go to med school when he was filming um, doctors without borders surgeries, doctors without border surgeries, I mean. Anyway, so we were the perfect <laughs> match. So the first time after, I don't know if, well, anyway, there was a point where I was in his office and I was getting results from uh, a biopsy that I had with him after uh, a surgery. Anyway, I'm not going to go into too many details, but he told me the results and they were very scary. And then as my habit happens, (laughs) I took a breath and said, okay, well, it's not brain surgery. And then we looked at each other and he said, actually, Lucy, It is. (laughs) And the life-changing moment for that was, and I would handle it. There was that, that mantra of mine. And I did. And I'm here eight years later, after four years, it all started in 2010, of all kinds of things that were really scary and not fun at all. And, um, you know, there's still always the pending, is it going to come back? But I handled it. Oh, I forgot to finish about skiing. So I was skiing down a mountain after I was in this habit of I'll handle it, I'll handle it, I'll handle it. And my mind was like, oh, no, what if you cross your tips, you go flying over that ridge and you die? And I thought, okay, I'll handle that. Anyway, so I'm gifting you that and hoping that you will, um, first of all, although Susan Jeffers passed away uh, in 2012, she does have a website. So if you go to either Google, feel the fear and do it anyway, or look for a website that's super Susan Jeffers, uh, I I think you'll you'll connect there and then you can find that book. Um, I think I'm going to download the audio and listen to it in my car. Uh, I just finished another really great audio book that I read in my car, read in my car. So I, that's a good one. Um, but I like books like that. I like to read 
you know, like eight or 10 pages in the morning, underline, then pick it up the next morning, read the underlines, and then continue. That's how I get a lot out of books. So, okay, when something is happening and we make a decision, Let's say you decide you're going to invest in coaching and you're going to and or open a studio or do something that is pretty scary where the exact outcome is unknown. What happens is things will show up for us after we make that decision. This is something so core in my teaching and my understanding about how life works. I don't know if you have had that experience, but if you think back, like let's say you suddenly find out you're pregnant. I imagine, which I did not have the privilege of being a mother, so I don't remember that, but I'm sure it's pretty scary. Especially a lot of times people find that they're with child and they're not in the financial position that they wish they were. Um, You know, some people are able to plan it out, save, live in the house they want, be totally ready. A lot of people are not. But what I've heard is that when that happens, things start showing up. A new job opportunity, someone gives you a beautiful crib, um, lots and lots of things. And also physically, the body, I understand for someone, um, you know, who is growing a human inside of them, that chemicals, um, all kinds of things happen in our bodies and after the birth as well to make us capable of doing what we couldn't do on just a day when we're not, you know, incubating (laughs) a new human being. So trusting that things are going to show up. Now, I don't know if those, all of the things are that once we've made that decision, then we're on alert for, uh, you know, the possibilities. And suddenly, like when I was wanting to buy a red car, then I saw red cars everywhere. So I'm not sure if it's that, or it's actually some law of the universe, uh, angels, uh, or just our awareness. But back to my, you know, issue with with the uh, growth. I had during that four year period, and especially in the thick of some of the scariest parts, people showed up, things showed up, coincidences, magic. The way that my doctor became my doctor, um, I was supposed to use his colleague. Uh, he was referred to me by a regular ENT. He's a, a surgeon, not him, but the colleague. But the colleague was in, I don't know, Africa for a, a month or something. So I was assigned Dr. Bergeron. And uh, honestly, I could not have done it without him. He was the kindest, most caring and most skilled doctor and used to be a photographer. So um, we had a special friendship. We still do as I um, continue to, you know, get MRIs and such. So anywho, 
I feel like some people are thinking either, hey, get to the part about business (laughs) or B, bad things are going to happen. I can't handle it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, Just let me out of here. (laughs) I don't know. I just had a little, little sense of, you know, it's a hard topic to talk about. So, okay, I did the vagus nerve. All right. So let's talk about business. If you make a decision that you're going to create something, you're going to create a profitable business. You have set yourself up for a graduate class in conquering fear and taking risks. And um, some of those fears are fear of loss. So let's say you invest a lot and it doesn't pan out. There's a loss of money. Some of it might be a physical consequence. Um, Like in business, I can't quite think of it other than, um, you know, carrying cameras running around (laughs) is exhausting. But the core, all fear is fear of feeling or let's say 90%. Of course, if a tiger's running at us, that vagus nerve that creates a certain kind of fear, I think it to me is like right here that tells us to run or hide or get your bow and arrow or something. You know, that's a healthy fear. Like caution, when we're looking at the business aspect, that is a healthy brand of fear. Is looking at all the potentials um, when you're taking a risk. What I would love to kind of install in your hard drive <laughs> is the fear of loss if you don't do something. And one of the things when I look back on my full-time career, I was not as comfortable hiring people to help me because of the fear of the loss of the money and that it wouldn't come back to me. And the truth is, because, you know, we all have our strengths and we all have our needs and time is limited unless we hire people to help us. So if I could, you know, flip back a while and change uh, like some TV shows that are on where people go back in time and change things, What I would change was investing in mentors and more people to help me actually do the things that are not my strong suit or that don't make me the most money. Now with editing, if I were still full-time with portraits, I would absolutely hire somebody to do a lot of my editing. I might hold on to the wall portrait. You can see these around I might hold on to that finalization. Is that a word? (laughs) The refinement of the wall portraits so that it has that full artist touch to it. But I would let other people spend the 10, 12 hours a week or more at the computer editing. Gonna break one more time so I can get clear on where I was going with that. One sec. Okay, I'm back. Now, the reason I'm doing the pausing is that 
in case you haven't discovered this, I'm now posting the podcasts on my YouTube channel, The Profitable Photographer. And if you're listening to this rather than watching it, um, you can know that you can like pull me up on your television or your phone and watch this episode. So I'm trying to be a little more mindful so that I can post the video and not have an editor have to spend an hour cleaning everything up and I'm allowing for oopsies. So enjoy them. (laughs) All right. So I mentioned fear of loss. You know, loss can be physical, fear of pain. But what I was starting to get into is almost all fear is a fear of feeling something. And sure, I used to be afraid to go to the dentist, like huge phobic fear. A, because I was um, traumatized by a doctor that I think should have um, been prosecuted when I was young, (laughs) not going into that. Um, But of course, the fear of pain, the fear of discomfort, but the counter side of that, as I began to be a grown-up, is the fear of what will happen if I don't take care of my teeth. And, you know, that's a long-term consequence. So now I just do like some meditation. And what I've learned is if you're interested in this vagal, vagus nerve, there are a lot of techniques now that people are sharing that we've probably been doing, you know, since the dawn of humankind. But there are specific things that we can do. Self-hypnosis, before that surgery, I listened to tapes that were preparing for surgery, self-hypnosis tapes. Um, I have this little meditation where I spin colors in my chakras. And I use that uh, when I'm in an MRI machine because that's kind of scary and uncomfortable. Um, and I didn't realize what I've done is, is impact that nerve. Anyway, but the feeling, I think more people are afraid of either feeling embarrassed, fear of being judged, fear of their own self-criticism. I think, you know, I'd raise my hand and say that has been a biggie for me. I'm pretty hard on myself. I'm better. But in the course of my lifetime, um, my inner critic uh, was pretty mean. (laughs) And I've learned to I've learned to have a chat and to change my thinking on things so that then I change the feeling. Embarrassment, like besides, I guess they say, well, I'm not sure if it's the number one or number two, but right up there is fear of public speaking. How can that be? We learned to speak. We were celebrated when we said our first word and our first sentence and And, um, but there's something in us that unless you grew up in a situation like I did, where my pops was a preacher and I was in front of people a lot and, you know, I saw that he didn't die from it or, you know, whatever is that fear. I don't fully understand why we're so afraid and it has to come back to fear of getting it wrong, fear of being embarrassed, fear of being judged. 
And if we can let that go, and especially, you know, as photographers, uh, we have to step out in courage. We have to pick up that phone. Well, you don't have to, but I think if you want to be wildly successful and bring in thousands of thousands of dollars per client, or even if you're doing something that's like a volume business, the telephone and picking up the phone and having a conversation, however it goes, is is important. And with, um, you know, most of my life, the telephone was everyone's friend. But now with internet, with texting, and everything else that we can do, emails, people have gotten out of the habit. And they there's so much spam that they won't even pick up the phone uh, unless they know the person. And when I'm coaching people, the core beginning point of creating um, a really great sale with in-person sales, which I talk a lot about, starts with the telephone. So um, anywho, so back to that, like that self-judgment of getting it wrong. Now, what if you could learn to be at ease about getting it wrong and and have a fun conversation in your head with yourself about all of that. How much freedom would you have? What else would you do in life if you weren't afraid that you were going to beat yourself up over it? Or if you weren't afraid of someone rejecting you? Or if you weren't afraid of someone judging you? That is a big one that has come up um, as I process with my clients and with my friends, you know, the full extent of, of fear that keeps them from doing something. And, you know, I'll tell you more about that in a bit. So stay tuned. What if like, you know, skateboarders, I see them like falling all the time and they just are, I guess, just, I'm sure if they bruise, if they break something, sure, they don't like it but they're not so afraid of it that then they don't do what brings them joy. And that's what I really want you to be thinking about is if you have a desire, if you have a burning desire to be successful or photograph something or travel somewhere to, let's say you want to go to Africa and photograph orphans somewhere. If, if your heart is all in for it, then A, trust that you'll work out the details and B, that no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Even if it's a great big disaster from, you know, what you planned to have happen or hoped would happen, you learned from it. You created some skills. You possibly discovered what not to do. <laughs> like my first trip to Europe, um, my girlfriend and I bought those uh, urban backpacks and spent six months trying to decide how to pack it. So we had everything we needed, but nothing extra. And we did all kinds of things that were, um, <laughs> you know, that I would do differently and that I have done differently 
in the many times I've been back traveling Europe, even by myself. So the five weeks in Europe had lots of joys and many things that were life lessons. And um, people that are afraid to travel are afraid to travel alone because things might not go well are missing out on, okay, if they don't, then next time you'll do it better. Um, (laughs) Little note, if you're traveling in Europe, Don't rent the car size that you think you'd like. (laughs) Rent one size smaller and don't always trust the GPS to take you down a road that you can actually get through with the car size you have. And that's a story for another time about uh, the crazy experience in, um, in a little town in France and how I almost scraped the whole side of my car and, and such. I mean, I wish I'd had it. Uh, in video because the whole thing was hilarious. Anyway, what I learned from that, (laughs) that uh, A, be careful with those GPS in Europe and B, don't get the bigger car, even though it's more comfortable. Okay, I was down a bunny trail. Let me see if I can reel back. So let's say you decide you're going to make an investment in education. And I have done that. I've invested quite a bit in education, not just photography, although, you know, if we add it up, I'm sure I've invested 100,000 or more over the 40 years, um, but I've made a full-time living. So the investment was worth it. And I've invested quite a bit in learning how to be a coach, grow a coaching business, create a podcast, all of that. My last big investment, and I'm talking big, it was kind of a waste, technically. It was a year-long program. There were supposed to be four in-person events, which I always gain a lot from. One was in Europe that did, not Europe, Hawaii, their direction. And, um, And then COVID hit. Just after I invested in this, right before the next get together was planned. But I do not consider it actually a waste because A, I learned a lot about everything I could do to grow my coaching business. But I also learned the things I don't need to do or want to do. You know, I learned I don't want to be a million dollar a year business mentor, coach, teacher. I don't want to put the effort there. I want to put the effort into what my heart's calling is. And the podcast, you know, that was a big risk. That was a big investment to get help putting this together. And on a monthly basis, it's it's still an investment. And the thought was, well, what if you know, what if financially it's money going out and not a return on that? Well, the action of this, the sharing with you, the speaking and chatting and making friends with people I've never met before and getting to spend time uh, in, in these interviews with people that I absolutely love. There's so much reward in that that is not a financial, direct financial reward, 
but it's priceless. So with everything that we choose to do, and I'll say this a lot with um, my coaching, is people get a lot of inner change. We look at those things that hold us back. We There's a big dose of, of, I guess you'd say life coaching, as I'm coaching my clients on how to sell, how to market, how to handle difficult clients, how to set up their sales room, how to price themselves, um, you know, all the things that are officially business coaching, none of that would work if those inner changes are not brought to light and some of them healed, some of them strengthened, some of it is, um, you know, our, our our positives. And in, in coaching, we can get better at what we're already strong in. So um, I guess that was a little bit of a shameless, or not so shameless plug. This is my show. I would love to coach you. And at the same time, I love that this podcast is, I'm assuming, impacting people in the worldwide audience. And that's enough for me. And what happens in my business, because you get to know me, you get to know my heart, you get to know my expertise, you know, that, that is all bonus. But if I had not done this, because I was afraid, it wouldn't go well, or afraid to just babble or say stupid things or make a mistake or have nobody listen or all the things, then it would have been a loss to me. And it would have been a loss to you all, listeners, you particularly, because there's only one of you listening in your world, or it could be two. So the the flip side, and, and I'm going to get into this thing now that I've been promising you, but the flip side of the negative what if is, but what if it goes well? What if you learn from it? What if you invest in something like coaching, like with my client, Erin Bonilla, it goes from doing things in the hundreds and growing a general business to all the steps that, you know, I'm not, I didn't teach her everything, but five years into her dream as a pet studio, she's created two very large, very busy pet studios bringing in million and a half in the year. What if that happens? Because you step out in faith and most people don't have um, just a pile of cash lying around to invest in anything that is connected to the business. But when you take a risk because you feel it in your heart that it's right for you, then A, things start opening up and B, there's something about making an investment, just like with our photography clients, that compels you to do the work. You know, when I invested in that year-long group coaching program that was big investment, then I got on those calls. I flew to Hawaii. I the three-day conferences that went from being in person to online, I blocked off time because I had paid for this. Okay, 
So now I'm going to tell you that secret trick that um, I do with people all the time. So the first thing is to ask yourself what you're afraid of. And then to keep looking at that thing and like, why would that be bad? Or so what? And then the, the next thing that comes up and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So let's say you're thinking of opening a studio and you found one that seems like it could be a really good fit. Let's say like this is one of my clients. She was looking at a studio downtown and her town is the perfect place to have a storefront studio because I don't know, maybe there's 50, 60,000 people. And so downtown is where people go a lot. And so we took a look at um, the location, the size of it, the price of it, and so forth. So um, anyway, but this is about you, not her journey. Okay, so you figured it out and you're thinking of it. But then all of a sudden, you're like terrified. So then the question is, what are you afraid of? Most cases, it might be that I'm not going to be a success and that I'm going to waste the money and the time. So then I would ask, okay, so if that should happen, then what? Well, I'd have to move my stuff back to my studio and let's say get a part-time job to help pay off the loans that I took out or go bankrupt. Okay. So if that were to happen, then what, you know, what's so scary about that? Well, and so we go step by step. My, my husband would be disappointed in me. We'd have an argument. So you keep challenging, you know, like, okay, my husband's disappointed and your husband's disappointed in you. Okay. So what? So then what? Okay. Well, then we'd talk about it and we'd strategize and we'd figure out what to do next. So if you keep walking it back, like so many times I find uh, it may come back to being embarrassed. I've, I've heard that a lot. I would be really embarrassed if I try this and it doesn't work. <laughs> I just had a, a memory of like this really big, early, stupid thing that I did and how much I learned from it. So I'll tell you in just a sec, but it could be embarrassing. <laughs> so exploring like, okay, like why is being embarrassed such a big deal? So, okay, well, because I don't like how that feels. Okay, so what do you do with that? You take a breath, you feel it, feel that, feel that. Well, actually feel what you're feeling and then change your thoughts and say to yourself, it's okay. You know, it's fine. Nope. Well, nobody died. And even the truth is everybody does. So I hope I explained that right, that you just keep challenging back, back, back. And often it will come back to, then I'll feel bad about myself. And so if you create the tools to 
feel good about yourself, celebrate yourself, you know, look at what you learned. So let's say you opened a studio and it, it didn't work out. Somebody that's really committed to making their photography business is going to take all of what they experienced and work with that to have it propel them to whatever's next. Maybe what they learned is they really don't like keeping office hours or they actually wanted to be in their home or they want to like Erica Dorf. She's a pet photographer on, and I've interviewed her twice on this show. She, I don't know when she decided to stop photographing where she lived, or maybe I do if I listen to her story again, or uh, have have coffee with her when I see her again. Um, but she decided to live on the road for three months and photograph pets and make a living, not working where she lived, but traveling and then going home and relaxing and playing the ukulele or the right word is ukulele, teaching it. Um, you know, so if she had opened a studio and, you know, I think if you go back and listen, I think she did. And it was not satisfying for her. So every journey, I mean, life and the path of our career and the path of life in general, you know, we fall in love, we have our hearts broken or we break someone else's heart. We have children and they grow up to be annoying little brats or, <laughs> or in my case, you know, I made decisions and choices in relationships that didn't end up resulting in, in being a parent. And as you can see from the pictures back here, I'm a, I'm a kid fan. Um, you know, these are clients work. It's not my family. Here's one of my family. So that's my sister, and that is my great niece, who is actually a mother now, and she's working out all those things I just talked about. So feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Fear is the mind killer. What I always get from that, from the Dune books, which I loved, and I did not love the movie other than the visuals, because those books are so rich in philosophy and, you know, there just wasn't time or they just didn't delve into it as much, but blah, 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 blah. Just talking, talking. Oh, okay. Where was I? So what I took from that is that fear and just being like, I'm afraid. So therefore I'm not going to do this paralyzes us. It steals our power. I think that is the core is don't let the fact that you're afraid or that you might be afraid stop you from going in action. I love the quote. Um, okay. Like I'm afraid to do this because what if I fail? And the person's response is, Oh my dear, but what if you fly? And I want you all to fly and I want you all to grow and learn and expand and have 
Like I have so much more life confidence because what I learned by taking risks in my business and what I learned when I saw that I was not taking a risk and confronting the fear and seeing that sometimes it didn't go perfectly, but but I learned from it. I had a wonderful coaching client who, great photographer, had a full-time job. And what we learned at the end of his six-month program where he learned how to sell and market and get samples and you know what the job entails, he realized he loved his job for money and you know spending his professional time and that he would focus on being a fine artist with his photography. So we don't always have to make a living in photography. Um, but it's good to explore the possibilities so you know uh, what it might take. You know, some people, they want to sell their work, but they do not want to run a business. Like, let's say, okay, let's say you, I'm going all in, I'm hiring a coach, getting professional equipment, I'm going to learn how to market. And you you do all those things and you realize, I don't like all of those things. I only like doing the photography, the photography part. <laughs> Great. So find someone to hire you or find a way to get your work out in the world. You know, like if you still want to make a living at it, then there are lots of businesses that would love to have a skilled photographer that isn't someone that wants to sell or wants to market. Um, now, I will say learning to do those things is going to grow you, but it's your life, my dears, and letting it unfold like a kaleidoscope. You know, we look through here and the colors keep changing and and everything leads to something else, leads to something else, leads to something else. So I want you to celebrate where you are right now. And I want you to think about a fear, carry it to the end, and then flip it. One of the common things that I encounter is people who are doing a lot of the shoot and share photography. And because they're very good photographers and super nice people, they're getting a lot of work almost too much work, or in some cases, too much work for the money. But it's really scary for them to switch to in-person sales because it's the what ifs. What if people won't book me at that? What if I go broke? What if, what if, what if? And so um, one particular client, we took her through the other side. What if you have a lot more fun with your clients? What if People are happy to invest thousands in your work. What if you have a city full of your wall art that you've created for people and that it brings them joy every single day? What if, what if, what if you can take that in the positive? So I think that's all I have to say for now, I guess I did okay <laughs> in squeezing out, squeezing out of my brain just as much as I can uh, think of right now. And I hope this helps you. I, um, it's a biggie 
And like learning to manage this area just has so many positive consequences in our lives, in our relationships. You know, who could ever fall in love if they let the fear of being hurt stop them? Who could ever have a family? Who could ever have a career, travel, buy a house? You know, we go hand in hand in life. And of course, if there's a tiger chasing you, do run. You know, (laughs) there are reasonable things to uh, let the fear create action for sure. But if you take a, a solid look at the things that are like, okay, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. Here's a big potential. And there's fear of a small consequence. So you want to weigh that. So if you're afraid of people judging you, like, who is she to want to be successful and charge a lot of money? You know, be an entrepreneur. So the there are people who will feel that about you potentially when you decide to, you know, shine. So here's the, I'm going to shine. And down here's the, some people may criticize me for that. It's a risk reward. The rewards are huge. The risks, the consequences, even the worst that you could think of, of somebody not wanting to be a friend, say, because you're successful now and they think you're, I don't know, think you're all that. Well, living the life of your dreams, earning great money, serving the world with your talents, that's a big reward. And the potential loss is pretty small. Okay, so that being said, if you would like a complimentary coaching strategy session, I have eight available. So get in touch with me, email me, go to lucydumascoaching.com, send me a message, find me on Facebook and message me there. I love that Um, because I would love, love, love to support you and help you turn those fears into fireworks of joy and success and confidence and all that good stuff. So, and I have one little thing, just a little like, and, and it's not on the topic. It's on the importance of what we do as photographers. So I was listening to, um, I think it's called Moth Radio on NPR, on, on the radio. And because uh, we recently had Veterans Day in America, uh, there were stories told by veterans. And so this man told the story of Uh, combat and how they hid in the woods. And anyway, there was a conflict and he survived. And he was part of the team that went back to identify the Vietnamese that were killed and go through their pockets and try to find who they are and, and find ways to get those things back to their families. And he said, besides the name And, you know, basic ID and some money, the number one thing everybody had in their pockets was photographs. Think about that. Think about 
Okay, I'm going to tie it in. Think about if you let fear stop you from giving to the world with what you love to do. How many people will not have the blessing of the photographs you create, especially if you're family, kids, senior, um, even headshot (laughs) photographer, because people save those weddings. What we can do for people is, I can't express any more deeply just how valuable it is, how incredible it is, how privileged we are. So, pick up your jeans, strap on your courage, and confront those things and and step out and know that you'll be okay no matter what happens. You'll handle it. Here's a big hug and kiss. And until next time, you know, just sending you uh, 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 love. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.